0: Welcome everyone to the score fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the score. Appreciate you downloading and listening to the show today. Hopefully you're already subscribed to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're using. If not, I recommend doing that. It just makes it easier for you. You can get notified anytime there's a new episode out there. As for today's show, we're gonna be going over all the latest injury updates as of Friday afternoon. So we might get the odd new detail that comes out Friday night or Saturday, but this should give you an idea how to approach these players heading into week two. And for the ones that we aren't fully sure about, I'll give my thoughts for both possibilities. So you're ready to react to when we get confirmation one way or another, either Sunday morning from one of the national reporters or when an actives come out around 1130 AM Eastern on Sunday. Before we get to the injuries though, I just want to give a couple quick takeaways from the thursday nighter and i know i went over every team and almost every skill position player after week one on the show just trying to reassess the landscape a little bit I'm not going to be doing that every week moving forward, but I'll make sure to hit on the notable stuff. And last night, there were a couple things that were interesting. I mean, we're going to have to monitor Justin Herbert's health. He fought through what appeared to be a rib injury in the second half. He stayed out there. He was in obvious pain. He kept wincing. He even had some weird throwaways where it barely looked like he could even get the ball off, but then he'd come back the next play and he'd throw a laser strike downfield. After the game, Brandon Staley, he said that he expects Herbert to be okay, so that's positive. We want to hear that. Plus, they have a week and a half before their next game, so he gets a little extra time to heal up here, but we're going to be watching this one because not only is Herbert one of the best fantasy quarterbacks going, he also supports a ton of fantasy-relevant players like Mike Williams, who rebounded last night after a really quiet opening week, but that's exactly what we expected it helped that keenan allen was sidelined for this one but after what we saw from williams last year i knew he was going to be fine and he was dominant in this game eight catches 113 yards and a touchdown Lots of huge days still to come for Big Mike. He's a borderline wide receiver one in fantasy. Our top tight end in this week's waiver wire column, our top pickup, he came through for us. Gerald Everett saw double-digit targets. He finished with six grabs for 71 yards. He's a low-end tight end one moving forward. Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, they had okay days. I mean, once Keenan Allen's back, it's going to be impossible to trust these guys in your lineup. Palmer does remain a an injury away kind of guy in this offense that he needs somebody to go down like Keenan Allen did this week in order for him to have value. But a guy with a pretty bright future, you would imagine, attached to Justin Herbert. The backfield, this is where it really starts to get interesting because Austin Eckler, the final line looks okay. 23 touches, 94 yards from scrimmage. But he picked up a lot of those catches in the fourth quarter when they were in comeback mode. And the reason that we need to be slightly concerned about this is because Josh Kelly, he was stealing some work on third downs. Sonny Michelle he was getting some goal line carries. Kelly and Michelle they combined for 10 touches of their own in this game. And no, this isn't the end of the world. But if what we saw the last two weeks continues here, Eckler's going to be more of a mid to low end RB1 rather than the top five guy, which is where he was drafted in fantasy this season. The goal, I think we knew that was going to be a bit of a concern for him this year that he might not be able to replicate the 20 touchdown season that he had last year. So we knew that that was going to be a bit of a problem. What we didn't necessarily know is they were going to bring in somebody like Sonny Michel to just take over a lot of that goal line role. So not a reason to panic. He is still a starting running back and one of the best offenses going, but something to be mindful of that his value has taken a little bit of a hit through two weeks now. On the Chiefs side, Patrick Mahomes was good. He wasn't great, though, against this Chargers defense. Staley really has that group playing well. Both defenses were pretty good in this game. I think we can give them both some props. But I mentioned last week that the Chiefs, they took advantage of that banged-up Cardinals defense. And then in this one, they got a taste of what a real NFL defense could do against them. And Mahomes held to 235 passing yards, two scores. He also got lucky on a couple near picks. He could have had a couple interceptions in this game. Travis Kelsey... He was held relatively in check, five catches for 51 yards. That's a good line for a normal tight end, but for Kelsey, that's a down day. And a lot of credit for that goes to Chargers safety Derwin James, who has just been locking Kelsey down the last two seasons. There's huge splits from when James is out there against Kelsey versus when he isn't on the field against the Chiefs. And Derwin, he sent a message. I mean, I don't know if you saw that body slam tackle last night on Kelsey. I would go check out that clip if you haven't. It uh, it really set the tone in that game. I know they didn't come through with the win, but Derwin James is just awesome. You have to love the guy. It was nice to see him get a, a big contract. He's going to be one of the best safeties in the league for a while. Other than that, we got a really spread out attack from the Chiefs through the air. Nobody topped 50 yards. Bunch of different guys were involved. I'm still placing my chips on Juju and on Marcus Valdez-Scantling being the guys here. They're the guys that you want for fantasy. They're playing the most snaps. They're running the most routes, and I think they're solid by lows right now. MVS, you might even be able to get him off the waiver wire next week because I'm guessing a lot of people are going to drop him. He had a really quiet game here and didn't do that much in the opener. I think he had four catches for 44 yards in the opener, so some fantasy managers might be souring on him. But the big games are going to come. If he keeps playing this much in this offense attached to Patrick Mahomes, he's played the most snaps at any Chiefs receiver the last two weeks. There will be big fantasy days for mvs juju's a fantasy wide receiver three mvs more that boomer bust flex the rookie sky Moore barely played against the chargers just two snaps for him justin watson actually got in there over him so Moore's is a stash only at the moment somebody who might come on in the second half of the season but not somebody that you feel particularly great about having in your lineup anytime in the near future and watson we're talking more when you look at Watson, we're talking more of like a dynasty stash. Just if he can keep this up, I mean, there's a lot of praise in the off season about his chemistry with Mahomes and that he was showing out in practice. He's 26, so it's not like you're grabbing a, an incredibly young player, but it's possible that he could develop into a regular contributor in this offense over the next year or two. So for dynasty, you could probably get him off the waiver wire, in most leagues that imagine he's worth tossing on your bench if you got an open spot. And then in the backfield, don't really pay any attention to the snap counts here Clyde Edwards Hilaire he was getting the most run he had a nice night 118 yards on 12 touches but he also got stepped on and he missed some time in the game so Jerick McKinnon Isaiah Pacheco they picked up some extra snaps because of that if it hadn't been for that situation where he got stepped on, I'm not sure that Pacheco would have gotten much play at all. McKinnon is the complementary piece in that backfield. Pacheco is just the, the backup. He's just the guy that would come in in the event of a CH injury. Still worth rostering, but would need that injury to change his value and really emerge. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about every player. I think I just went ahead and I did it anyway, didn't I? But I I can't help myself. When it's this early in the season and we're trying to figure everything out, I just get so excited about this stuff. But let's keep moving here. We'll get into the injury updates, and we will start with DeAndre Swift on the Lions. He's dealing with an ankle injury that kept him out of practice Wednesday and Thursday. And it's particularly concerning for a guy that poured in 175 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in week one, a guy who looks like he could be a top five fantasy back this season, a guy on the verge of a massive breakout if he can stay healthy. And we know he had injury issues last year. Now he was a little banged up this week. I always preach caution when it comes to players' assessments of their own injuries, but Swift did tell ESPN this week that he's all right, that he most definitely will be ready to play this week's game against the Commanders. And he got back to practice on Friday, which was good to see. He's listed as questionable, but seems like he should be able to go. We might just see a little more Jamal Williams than we did last week and that's a positive outcome compared to what i thought might happen earlier in the week on wednesday when we heard that swift was heard and they promoted veteran justin jackson to the main roster i was concerned at that point but right now it looks like we're going to see swift out there based on the fact that he practiced friday and those comments from him so should feel good about him as a low-end rb1 for fantasy in week two and jamal williams Is that rb3 flex type play has the ability to vulture a touchdown or two around the goal line like we saw in week one we'll stick with running backs here the saints have a couple guys banged up alvin kamara he's dealing with a rib issue head coach dennis allen said that was the reason why he got the lower usage in the opener kamara limited in practice on wednesday didn't practice on thursday and then he wasn't seen at the open portion of practice on friday the one that's open to the media he wasn't out there so we'll wait to get an update on what his actual participation was today but you don't like to see things going in that direction where he was limited and then he goes to dnp and possibly dnp on friday as well plus his backup mark ingram he's been limited in practice this week with an ankle injury and that might explain why they went out and they signed veteran Latavius Murray who has a history with the team he knows the offense he has a history with head coach Dennis Allen as well so it's possible Murray could be activated in this game it seems like a quick turnaround for him to go to free agent and then by the end of the week could actually be getting some touches in a game but if Kamara can't go in right now it's seeming like he might not be able to if Ingram is limited in any way. I mean, you hope that Ingram will be okay and that if Kamara's out, Ingram would be the guy. But if Ingram is hobbled in any way, we might see Latavius Murray get some run in this game. Friday's injury report, that'll tell the story and give us a little more information on it for now. I see Kamara if he's healthy out there as an RB2, but it would be a low end RB2 at this point, just based on the target competition that he has now and the fact that he's going to be playing through an injury and at risk of aggravating it during the game. But right now, if I'm doing my rankings update at the moment with what we know, Kamara would be out of my rankings because it really seems like that's the vibe that he's not going to be available for this week. And Mark Ingram, if Kamara's out, moves up into that sort of low-end RB2, high-end RB3 range for him. And Murray would just be a, an incredibly risky flex play at that point. If we get news that Ingram is also going to be a little hobbled in the game, then Latavius Murray is just a, an RB3 flex play. You're just kind of hoping that he steps in and can give you something, though he should be fresh because he hasn't been with the team for a little while now. And next up, Leonard Fournette, He's been limited in practice with a hamstring issue. Remember, I mentioned this one on Monday's injury roundup. Lenny left the game late. Seemed like he was in a little discomfort coming off the field and on the sidelines. But the game was basically over at that point. So we didn't really hear much about it until practice reports came out and we found out that he was limited with a hamstring issue. We really don't know how limited at this point, but I haven't really seen anybody concerned about his availability yet. So I'm expecting him to play. They need him badly. The Bucks' receiving core, they're just a mess with injuries at the moment. We'll talk about them when we get to the receivers in this section, but I'm projecting Fournette to play and be a borderline RB1 for fantasy with his backup Rashad White seeing a little more work than usual, maybe even getting up into that flex range white needs to be rostered everywhere I hope that if he was out there you went out and got him we've been recommending him the last couple weeks in the waiver wire article because the other thing with him is we're talking about a soft tissue injury for Fournette if that gets aggravated all of a sudden white becomes a potential fantasy star in a really good offense in a similar vein we're holding on to Jalen Warren for the Steelers right now even though it does look like Najee Harris is going to be active this week Harris continues to deal with that foot injury Something that definitely could cause him problems as we keep going through the season, but he's going to try to play through it this week. I ranked him very, very low. He's a mid to low end RB2 at the moment because of the risk of re injury in the game and because of the fact that it didn't look like his situation was that great even before he got hurt last week. That Steelers offensive line, they're not doing him any favors. So we have to really temper our expectations for this rushing attack if he were to go down and it wouldn't be for this week it would be partway through the game if he aggravated the injury or for next week jalen warren would just be more of a volume dependent rb3 for fantasy he's not somebody that is going to get up into the top 15 top 20 even if he does take over the lead job at some point some more running backs we can discuss here jk dobbins He's practicing in full for the Ravens. Sure looks like he's going to make his 2022 debut this week against the Dolphins. That's great news for Baltimore's run game. It was basically non-existent in the opener, but... We still can't go crazy for Dobbins yet. It's his first game action of the year. There's a good chance they're going to ease him in. I can't imagine that they're going to give him a huge workhorse volume in the first game. So I do have him projected for the most touches in that backfield, but Kenya Drake's going to remain involved. Cause even before the injuries, we've talked about this in the offseason, Dobbins was in a committee with Gus Edwards even before anybody got hurt in this backfield. So they aren't going to bring him back and give him 20, 25 touches right out of the gate, coming back from a serious knee issue. So that makes Dobbins. Robin's more of a high-end RB3 for fantasy with some rb2 upside if he could find the end zone once he proves he's healthy though he's going to be a consistent fantasy rb2 for you what they really need though is they need left tackle ronnie stanley back and i don't think we're going to see stanley this week he was back to a limited practice today i believe but they need him back to really get that entire offense going he is a huge loss for them at the moment we're supposed to see seahawks rookie running back kenneth walker this week he had that surgery before the season for some type of hernia issue Now you have Pete Carroll saying that Walker's likely to play this week, but he's still limited in practice, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's held out another game. We'll see if they can ramp it up to a full practice on Friday afternoon walker's just a bench dash at the moment rashad penny has that lead back role locked down and seattle can then just ease walker back into the mix here right they don't have to rush him back by any means and penny they have a tough matchup against that 49ers defensive front so it's really nothing exciting for this backfield whether walker's out there or not it's really not going to be a great fantasy day for them but it would be nice to see the rookie back out there getting some touches and if he can get back to full health I would expect that we're going to see him make a fantasy impact as the season goes along, especially if Penny's durability issues pop up again at some point, which they probably will, let's face it. We don't root for that, but definitely could happen. Damian Williams on the Falcons. He hurt his ribs early in last week's game. That caused him to leave he's out this week. So we should see rookie Tyler Algier active for the first time, but this is Cordell Patterson's backfield right now. Algier, Avery Williams, they would just be in there to spell him. CPAT has solid top 20 fantasy value in week two. A bunch of receivers we got to talk about. I'm just looking at the list. It's a little daunting here, but let's hit them. I mentioned the Bucks receiving core. So we will talk about them first. Chris Godwin, We know he's out with the hamstring issue the bucks they're acting like there was a chance he could play this week or something they didn't want i don't know what was going on there but regardless all the reports are that he's going to be out for a few weeks shame on tampa's coaching staff for playing him last week but it doesn't end there i mean mike evans julio jones russell gage they're all dealing with one thing or another evans has a calf issue he went from limited on wednesday to dnp on thursday Julio didn't practice either day with knee issues. Gage is the only one that's going in the right direction. He went from not practicing on Wednesday to a limited practice on Thursday. Even Brashad Perriman has been limited with a knee injury. So we're going to have to wait for some updates on Friday. So far, the team's downplayed any concerns and made it seem like they're all going to be available with the exception of Godwin, obviously. But I would like to see them on the field Friday to feel better about it. It'll all be reflected in my Sunday update regardless. But right now, I've kept them all ranked. Evans as a low-end wide receiver one and a tough matchup with Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints. He sometimes can struggle in that one. Julio is a wide receiver four just due to the injury. He would be a wide receiver three if we knew he was going to be healthy. And then Gage is a wide receiver four kind of for the same reasons. And if any of them are out, then we have to dig deeper. I mean, you could look at Jalen Darden or Scotty Miller. These guys could step up and get a few more targets than expected. It would also likely mean more work for the tight ends, Cam Brayton, the rookie Kate Otten as well. But Brady's really struggled against the Saints and really all but one of the contests that he's faced them in since he arrived in Tampa. He's 0-4 against them in the regular season. These injuries aren't going to help his cause at all. So I have Brady as a sit this week. I have him outside of my top 12 quarterbacks, but you can read all about that in my start sits dash quick column. I won't go into all that right now. Colts receiver Michael Pittman, he went from a limited practice on Wednesday with a calf issue to a DNP on Thursday, but his head coach Frank Reich said he's optimistic Pittman's going to be fine for Sunday's game, and when he's healthy, Pittman's a top 15 fantasy wideout. now, if not a low-end wide receiver one at this point. The Colts are going to be without rookie Alec Pierce in the receiving core, though. He showed up with concussion symptoms on Monday. That really gave him a short timeline to try to get through that concussion protocol. His absence could mean bigger days for Paris Campbell, for Ashton Doolin, maybe even Mike Strachan, who he was a preseason star last year, somebody who hasn't really popped in a regular season game yet, but maybe he gets an opportunity in this one. Campbell would be the only one that would be worthy of fantasy consideration, though, out of that trio. And even if he plays, he's just a really risky flex. T. Higgins, he suffered a concussion last week as well. He was back to a limited practice on Wednesday, which was a good sign. Then he had an excused absence on Thursday. And I think some people might have been worried that maybe that means that he wasn't going to be ready this week and didn't realize that it was a personal day that he actually had to take and it was scheduled well in advance, apparently. Fortunately, he did return to practice on Friday. He's expected to play this week. It's also his first concussion, so it's not like he had a history of head issues or anything like that. If he goes, He'll be a high-end wide receiver two for fantasy if he's out, which I think at this point would probably be surprising. Then Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, they would be startable options in fantasy this week. Boyd as a wide receiver three, Hurst as a fringe tight end one, but I'm guessing they're not going to get up into that range because Higgins should be out there. Al Lazard, He's been back to limited practices this week, and he's trying to return from that ankle injury that kept him out of the opener. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves on this one, but very positive sign for Lazard, who has wide receiver three fantasy potential when he does finally get back to action here. And if he misses another game, it's going to be hard to trust anybody in that Packers receiving core in your lineup. I mean, Rogers is spreading the ball around, makes it really tough for fantasy, even though the matchup with the Bears, that's one that Rogers normally takes advantage of, but I don't know that anybody in that receiving core would really be worth a a start this week. I have picked up tight end Robert Tunyon in a few spots, and I was surprised that he got back from the ACL tear in time for week one, but he played pretty well in that game. And there's lots of talk around the team that Tunyon could be the go-to guy for Rodgers, especially around the red zone. And we know if he gets the touchdowns going... He could be a tight end one for fantasy, so he's worth a stash or even a desperation play if you don't have a better option this week. Some guys who've been ruled out or who I'm expecting to not play this week, Michael Gallup, Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, KJ Hamler, Van Jefferson too. Gallup still needs time and you really aren't going to try to invest in any of his replacements with Dak Prescott out for the Cowboys, so really just passing over that one. For Rondell Moore, you could pivot to Greg Dorsch. He had a really nice game last week and was basically playing in Rondell Moore's role in the offense, so and Andy Isabella has also been ruled out for the Cardinals offense, so really going to come down to just a couple guys, and Dorsch is going to be one of them again. A Robinson, that opens the door for veteran Sterling Shepard to solidify himself as a playmaker in this offense again especially if Kadarius tony is going to be limited with that hamstring tightness that he had this week and we already saw last week he was way down the depth chart whether that was a benching whatever was going on there so now he also has hamstring tightness he did go back to practice on friday and it seemed like everybody was saying he was okay and he didn't really look like he was hindered at all so maybe he'll be fine for this week's game but you can't trust him for fantasy right now so he is a deep bench stash if that at this point, if you wanted to drop him for someone else, I wouldn't be against it because it seems like the durability thing is going to continue to be a problem for Tony. Meanwhile, Shepard, he had that long touchdown last week. Really cool to see him do that coming back from an Achilles tear. And he is a sneaky pickup. Now, I think in all fantasy formats, just with all the issues that they're having in that Giants receiving core, Shepard could end up being the guy at least early in the season until Tony figures it out or Wandell Robinson gets healthy or something changes. I think Shepard is the guy to have in that offense, but really... You probably don't want to have anybody in that passing attack. It is Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and that is it for the Giants in terms of fantasy. Uh, KJ Hamler, his absence isn't going to change much for the Broncos. He's mainly just a field stretcher. Doesn't command a lot of volume right now. Uh, Rookie Montrell, Washington, he might step into that role. During the preseason when Hamler was out, Washington kind of played that role for them, so he's not worth fantasy consideration, but he might be the guy that takes over there for Hamler in this game. And then Van Jefferson, his absence on the Rams, it gives Ben Skaronik some fantasy relevance, but not enough that you're going to play him anywhere. At tight end, George Kittle. I was ready to say that George Kittle probably was going to miss another week here with the groin issue, but he got back to practice today. The beat writers were saying that he looked good. He was moving well, so there's a chance that he could be out there this week, and he would just be a a huge addition for this offense. I mean, I don't want to make excuses for Trey Lance, but. He's been having some really bad luck so far. First, they bring Garoppolo back and add that extra pressure and all the questions from the media, and maybe him even thinking, "Are they really, are they really ready to make me the guy, or do they feel like they still need Jimmy G here?" Then you have Kittle get hurt. Then he has to play in that rainstorm in Chicago on the soggy field and it's not draining properly. And yeah, he should have still got them the win, but it explains why the offense struggled a little bit. It definitely factored in for him. He also lost his starting running back, Elijah Mitchell, in that game. Now we don't know about Kittle this week. It would be awesome if Kittle could come back and help him out. But the weird part about this is the weather is calling for rain during the Seahawks 49ers game this week. So the two easy matchups that he was supposed to have to start the year against the Bears and the Seahawks, and he was supposed to be able to find his rhythm and get going, they could both be reduced by weather conditions. And if he doesn't get it going this week, he gets the Broncos next week, he gets the Rams the week after that. I mean, The only good news for his fantasy outlook at this point is that the Seahawks are dealing with some injuries on their defense. So that could help him a little bit. It would also really help if Kiddo could be out there. So hopefully Lance can overcome all this and find his rhythm in week two. And we don't have to keep talking about whether he's gonna be a decent quarterback or not. We can just start to focus on what he could potentially become in that 49ers offense. But I think that's it in terms of fantasy relevant guys and injuries. As always, if there's anybody that I missed, Anybody that you're worried about at all, just come ask me about them on Twitter at Justin Boone. But that is all for today's show. Go check out my content, the rankings, the trade value charts, the start, sit, stash, quit. It's all available for free over at The Score. Make sure you download the app if you haven't already. Best box scores in the world. I used it even before I worked at The Score. The app is awesome, has all my content on it. And I mean, that makes it even better, right? I'll be back on Sunday at 10 30 AM Eastern answering questions on The Score's main Twitter account. So I hope you're gonna join me for that too. But until then, big thanks to Mike Williams for coming back and having that massive game. I have him on a ton of teams. Really nice to see him rebound and get me off to a good start in week two. And as always, big thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.